Hello and welcome to Backchat, your podcast all about scoliosis, yoga and back care. My name is Christine Jaregiberry. I'm a yoga teacher, creator of the Yogaberry Yoga for Scoliosis community and YouTube channel. And this show is all about supporting you on your scoliosis journey. So if you're looking for practical advice and inspiration on how to manage the condition with yoga and movement, then you're in the right place. Hi everyone, good afternoon if you are um, in the UK or in Europe, good morning maybe, wherever you are. Um, welcome, welcome to Backchat. Uh, this is my weekly live stream on YouTube. Some of you might be, if you're a regular, obviously welcome back and you might be listening to this on your podcast app. So just to let everyone want, want know that this is an option if you can't make it live um, at 4 p.m. UK time, then you can always, you can watch it afterwards on the replay or you can listen to this on your podcast app as well. So, so many ways to, to catching up. And if you are here live, I can see a few of you tuning in right now. Please come and say hello. We do have a, a, a chat box which will be open um, throughout this conversation that I'm having. And I have an interview guest today, which I will introduce to you in a moment. But feel free to, to get involved. So feel free to use the, the chat box um, if you want to ask questions. Uh, let us know where you're from. Let us know what your experience is with scoliosis as well. We want to know. So just before I bring on Caitlin, um, just wanted to mention that it's the last chance to sign up for my Yoga for Scoliosis Practice Transformation. Registration uh, closes tomorrow at midnight UK time. So um, lots of you have signed up already. So, so great to see that. But obviously, if you do want to join us and you haven't yet, then Make sure that you do. The next one will be in January 2022. Yes, I'm planning ahead. <laughs> Good, lovely. So let me introduce our guest for today. Um, so her name is Caitlin Carlson and she is a scoliosis mentor. Um, she's a licensed body worker. She's also a yoga teacher, as I found out. Um, and she's trained in the Hakomi therapy. And I have not heard of this before. So I'm very, very interested to finding out more about it. So let me bring her on. There she is. <laughs> Hi, Caitlin. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. It's great to be here. <laughs> Thank you so much. And tell us, just tell everyone where you are right now and what I'm time Austin, is it? Texas. Yeah, it's 10 a.m. in Austin, Texas. Lovely. Excellent. And uh, Jane is just saying hello as well. She is in uh, New York. I don't know what SI, what is SI? I don't know all the abbreviations in uh, Latin Island, perhaps. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just nodding. I don't yes. know. <laughs> but she's in New York. Okay. <laughs> Lovely. Hi, Jane. Good. Um, excellent. So thank you so much for taking the time, Caitlin, uh, mm -hmm. to talk to us. And we have originally connected via um, 
via Instagram, obviously, and I've always seen your your lovely posts. And yeah, I was really, really curious in, in your work and in, in what you do. And um, so I had a look at, you know, all the, the lovely offerings that you've got. Um, but yeah, why don't we start by diving kind of into your personal story a little bit more? Because I know that you have um, scoliosis. Mm -hmm. So shall we start with that? Could yes, you could yeah. you share a little bit about your journey? Yeah, definitely. So I have essentially had scoliosis my whole life. Um, my dad is a chiropractor. And so from a very young age, basically, I mean, I, there's not a moment in time that I remember not being aware of having scoliosis. And I think the first x-ray that I have is when I was five. And there's a little 12 degree curve um, in my low back. And it, so I grew up getting regular adjustments and my sisters actually both had scoliosis as well and theirs sort of went away and mine continued to progress. And so when I was 12, I was fitted for my first brace. Um, the doctor that I had was in Baton Rouge and the program that I was for treating my back uh, was really intense. Um, I had to wear the brace for 20 hours a day and I was on a special diet and the four hours a day that I was allowed out of the brace, I had spent it usually at the chiropractor's office doing different treatments there uh, and doing different exercises at home. I had to take baths with like baking soda and oil and all sorts of stuff. It was just really all encompassing and very intense um, for me as a 12 year old. And uh, the first year that I wore it and I did everything, there was a lot of success with getting my spine to sort of do whatever the doctors wanted it to do. And then after that, it sort of tapered off. But I continued to wear um, the hard brace. I got fitted for another one because I grew out of that one pretty fast um, about a year and a half later. And then I continued to wear this hard brace until I was about 15 or 16. And uh, then I got fitted for one of those strappy, I don't know what you call those things, but it had lots of straps and uh, I wore that one until I graduated high school. Mm -hmm. And, you know, being 12 and uh, as a sensitive child, um, wearing this brace was really hard for me socially and emotionally. And it shaped a lot of how I saw myself and what I thought was possible for me at school and how I interacted with my friends and teachers and what I allowed myself to do or not do and what I was told I could do and not do. Um, I was really active in sports before wearing the brace and I was sort of not allowed to do as many sports activities as I thought I was going to be doing throughout high school and middle school. And so that was really devastating for me. Um, yeah, and it just, I mean, there's so many, so many stories that I could tell about all the different ways that wearing this brace was really hard for me growing up. Um, it shifted things in my family. And like I said, with friends and teachers, and I just have so many like memories of of being in school and trying to advocate for myself with different coaches or different teachers and constantly being told like what I was needing because of my brace wasn't important or it didn't matter. Mm -hmm. um, and so I had to, you know, like constantly adapt myself and, and what I was doing and just sort of found my way to the back of the classroom all the time and 
and not raising my hand, not participating, just wanting to sort of disappear and be invisible because I felt so much shame around wearing this brace and around everything that I was going through with it. And so then I went off to college and I was like, this part of my life is done. It's over. Um, I don't have to worry about my back anymore. I'm never thinking about it again. Scoliosis isn't, isn't a thing, you know, in my life. And then I took this course in college um, called Disease in American Culture. And it was all about how our bodies and our emotions are sort of mirrors for each other. And our bodies hold genetic narratives of what's happened in our family, what's happened in our own lives, and are sort of playing these things back to us. And it was such a moment of revelation for me that my back was actually telling a much bigger story than I had given it credit for or was aware that it could even tell, you know, like mm -hmm. it, that my back is actually connected to everything in my life and, and generations past maybe. And uh, it just, it was really, it shifted so many things for me and how I thought about everything having to do with my back. And then uh, when I was graduating college, I uh, was working on my thesis. Um, and I started not being able to sleep at night. And I, it was just this very disorienting thing because I've never had a whole lot of issues sleeping. And anybody who's had a hard time sleeping knows how disruptive it can be for your day and in your life. And I just I had this nagging feeling every night that I was forgetting something. And I couldn't ever figure out what it was. Like, what am I forgetting? I'll, like, let me figure out what it is so I can do it so I can fall asleep. And then one day my body sort of gave me this answer that I needed to put my brace back on. And I was like, whoa, like I haven't worn this hard brace in however many years now, but it feels like my body knows I need to put it on. And I don't know what to make of that. I don't know why that's happening. I don't know what this means, but it something there's something really potent and really big here for me um and then i went i moved back home and i uh, i went on this whole journey and i was trying to understand the connection between what my body was saying and how i needed to heal my story with scoliosis and in in that process i i mean i found a lot of different ways of um waking up to myself and getting to know myself and finding confidence and courage and realizing that this whole journey with scoliosis and everything that I went through as a teenager actually was like really shaping me for something um, to come. And yeah, it's just been, it's been wild. Um, I have so much appreciation now for the body and how it speaks to us. Mm -hmm. and what we can learn from it and how it's actually here to support us that uh, it just I'm just so humbled by I'm so humbled by our bodies I think our bodies are these magical amazing vessels for us and uh, it breaks my heart to know that people with scoliosis so often feel that disconnection because we think that we're broken or because we think we need to be fixed. And we don't always have people showing us that you can actually 
see yourself in a different light and you can live your life in a different way and you're not broken and you're whole and uh, scoliosis is just a part of your experience, but it's not who you are. Um, so that's sort of been, that's been my journey with it. Uh, it's still evolving, obviously, because it is still a part of my life. And um, yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Thank you so yeah. much. Um, can we go back to, let's go back to that time when you were, when you were kind of first, when you were fitted for your first brace and, you know, mm -hmm. you were, you were, you were 12 years old. You said, um, if you had kind of, if, if you knew then what you know now, mm -hmm. what would you, uh, what would you kind of, if you could go back in time, what, would you tell yourself or what do you wish you would have known? Yeah, definitely. That's a great question. Um, I wished I had known that I was not what everybody was trying to correct, that my identity was not on the line. Um, and that it was, it's my, it's my health that needs to be addressed, right. And needs to be supported Uh, and I wish that that had been made explicitly clear that I am not doing something wrong to cause mm -hmm. any of this, but my back needs special care. And there's, again, there's nothing wrong with that. It's, it's good to get to know what that is and how we can navigate that. Um, that's what I really wish someone would have told me. And I wish I would have had more examples of adults in my life who had been through the whole process with that telling me that too because mm -hmm. it's it's easy to dismiss from somebody who has no idea what it's like to have scoliosis but it I think it feels so much more resonant when someone who's been through it and has come out the other side is telling you you know this isn't who you are and you're going to make it through uh, and I was lucky enough to actually have an adult in my life who had she was a teenager And just seeing that she was a thriving adult um, made a huge difference to me. So that's one piece. The second piece is I wish that the the people in my life um, had more skills around holding space for my emotions. Um, and then I wish the doctors would have had more skills around that, about how to communicate with me as a mm -hmm. the, um, and I wish that someone was there to sort of advocate for that space. And I don't think that that's really a fault of anybody in my life or even the doctors necessarily, um, because these are skills that we all as human beings have to learn. They're not things that just come naturally to us. And there's not a whole lot of emphasis on the importance of that I think I think that there's a there is a cultural movement happening where like we have to see people as a whole being and treat them as a whole being and uh hold space for that and acknowledge that and that we can't break our clients down into just little parts like they're not just their spine you know mm -hmm. they're not just their rib hump or whatever it's like they are a whole person and um so i wish that i wish that that had been 
interwoven into the care that I received. Mm. Um, and I think yes. that that's also like a huge part of what I'd like to share with people is the importance of making sure that that happens and how to intervene when it's not. Mm, absolutely. Yes. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I'm just thinking about this. So I'm, I'm learning at the moment with the, with the ladies from the, um, SSOL, you know, the spine and uh, scoliosis online learning, who have got so much knowledge, um, you know, about the spine and, you know, measuring x-rays and uh, the amazing Schross method, physiotherapy and all of this. And, you know, it's, it's so much in-depth knowledge, but I, the whole time I'm, I'm going through it, I'm, I'm thinking there is this, there is something missing. There is you are we are not just you know x-rays and um you know even just the body there's there's so much more to us and um it's it's a shame that sometimes it kind of is not really seen by the 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 therapist and i think especially and i don't i don't specialize in teaching um children or teenagers at all i mainly work with adults but I always think about, you know, how how does this feel when you are 12 years old, when you're 13 years old, and all these things are just being done to you and decided yeah. for you, right? right. I mean, yeah. how does it feel? It's yeah. it's different when you're an adult and you, you can make all these decisions, isn't it? But it's, right. it's yeah. very different when you're a child. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and I think that that's been one of the one of the really hard things to look at in my own life of like how people constantly telling me what to do and making decisions for me and uh, not having a sense of my own agency developing, having to develop that later in life um, has landed me in some pretty sticky situations, you know, and that's another reason why I think it's so important to support young people and teenagers while they're going through this, because you are sort of forced in situations when you're younger that make you grow up in a way um, that's a lot faster than your peers. Like having to deal with all these adults that are telling you what to do and picking your body apart and all these things. Um, yeah, it's like you have to grow up and you've got to sort of shut different parts of yourself down to navigate that whole experience. And it's really tough. Um, and then learning how to do that for yourself later in life in a way that really helps you feel connected to your truth and yourself and what it is you need can be can be a challenge when you don't have an experience of that when you're younger. Mm. Yes, absolutely. Let me just have a quick look here at the at the chat. So, hi Beth. Beth is here. She's been she's been on the podcast as well talking about um, strength training. So. If, if uh, you've missed that, guys, then do check that out. She's saying Staten Island is what we were <laughs> debating in the, in the beginning. Um, Tatiana is here. Good. Um, Candice is, is asking, greetings to both of you. Ka Caitlin, was the heart brace a Milwaukee brace? Was that what it was? It was not a Milwaukee brace. It was a Copes brace, which I'm okay. not sure how long the Copes brace existed on the market, but I think it disappeared around 2008. Maybe. Right. Okay. Yeah. Doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. 
Good. So Tatiana is asking, what what exercises are you doing now? I did actually want to ask you. Um, mm -hmm. So because you said in the beginning that um, they told you to not do certain exercises or to kind of exclude some things from your um, from like the the clubs and all all that you were doing. So what did they tell you then? Did you have some guidelines? And then second part would be yes. What are you doing now? Yeah. So it was more about the brace. Like I had to be in the brace for a certain amount of hours. And so I wasn't allowed. I They let me continue playing one sport, but I wanted to play multiple sports. Um, uh, so it wasn't really, you're not allowed to do any movement activities at all. It's just, you have to pick one and you can only do it for a certain amount of time. Otherwise you have to be in your brace. And they told me like, we have people that play sports in their brace, but if you've worn a brace, you know how hard it is to move in one and you can't turn very well. You can't like, so I, it never made sense to me that, and also like how humiliating to have yes. to wear a brace and play a sport. Like, no, that was just a hard no for me. Um, but I also wasn't allowed to practice yoga. I wasn't allowed to do other things. And I knew like, I really want to, I really want to do yoga. I would see pictures of people doing yoga and it just looked like, wow, like, I don't know what's happening here, but it looks really nice. And to be able to move your body and, and feel your body and be embodied like that looks really cool. And so the first time that I took a yoga class, it was so affirming for me like yeah like I knew I would always love this and I think yoga is such an incredible tool for learning how to listen to your body learning how to be connected to yourself learning how to move learning um, how to trust your body which I think is huge for people that have scoliosis uh, you know there's so many so many amazing things and then being able to have a practice like yours where you're teaching people how to adapt it to their own body like that I don't that's sort of like the cheat code to life. Like how do you learn your body and move with your body? So I love yoga. Um, I am a huge advocate for it. I, it is part of my practice. Um, this past few years, I've also gotten really into weightlifting. And so shout out to Beth for bringing that to our community. Um, I love strength training. I think that there's so much, like really powerful learnings and energy in strength training, um, especially when you've worn a brace and you sort of don't have a sense of feeling the strength of your own muscles, being able to feel the strength in your body as someone with scoliosis shifted so much for me. Um, so I love doing that, but the pandemic sort of put a, put a little hitch um, in that for me, but recently went back and just, it feels so good. Um, I've also been running a lot this year out mm -hmm. in the open. Um, I really, I don't limit myself in terms of what movements I do. I've just learned how to listen to my body and stop when something doesn't feel good and having the tools for advocating for myself at the gym. Like if my coach is trying to get me to do something, I'm like, you know what? No, like this just doesn't work for me and you don't have to understand. <laughs> um, but this is, this is my truth and I'm not going to do that. So. Mm. Yeah. So important. And that takes 
um, that takes a lot of courage, I think, mm -hmm. and it it takes, uh, yeah, you, you cannot imagine yourself doing that at 13, right? You wouldn't right. have, yeah. you wouldn't have yeah. been able, yeah. um, you wouldn't have been able to do that probably. Yeah. So Leonie is saying beautiful words already. <laughs> that was earlier on already. So um, it's just gotten more and more beautiful since then. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Better saying I also had a brace when I was around 16, but now 54, <laughs> you'll get through it. Yes, absolutely. And she's saying, I wish in that time that there were so many possibilities as now. And mm -hmm. I think even now, I, I hear this all the time, people don't always know, do they, about, yeah. you know, and yes, there might be lots of possibilities, but right. um, it depends on where you are in who you're surrounded with i guess and mm -hmm. how how interested your parents are in researching yeah yeah all of this i mean even myself before i i've been working on building this practice of mine for a while now and i because i grew up when the internet and you know youtube didn't exist until i was graduating high school so um just being able to see myself in the past few years, how many resources there are for PBOs blows my mind. Like if I had access to all of this when I was younger, how different would my life be, you know? So I love, I love so many resources that are popping mm. up all over the place. I just think it's so important. Yes, absolutely. Beth is saying we encourage our teens now to practice sports without the brace as long as they put it back on after strengthening yeah. outside of the brace is is important as well. And yes, and I think um, that this whole and again, I used to work with teenagers a lot more um, and especially if they have a brace, sometimes they don't know where pieces of their body are. Right. That sounds yeah. silly, but it this whole kind of body awareness. Yeah thing is kind of and you know I'm all for a brace I think it's it's needed for for especially when when kids go through these growth spurts but we have to keep in mind what it also does and what you know what what they're they're losing because of it yeah absolutely and yes so I am glad that they don't have to wear it in sports and walk around like a robot <laughs> Um, good. So Leonie is saying, I'm glad I get to listen to this as a teenager. I got my back brace when I was nine years old, sending love to everyone who's struggling right now. Um, mm -hmm. Yes. And maybe you can tell us as well, um, Caitlin, how, how does the, well, I mean, you mentioned obviously that you, you had this kind of experience where you, where you thought you needed to put the brace back on. Mm -hmm. And I had, so I didn't wear a back brace, but I did wear braces uh, for my teeth mm -hmm. that you could, that you could take out for years for a very, very long time. And mm -hmm. I still now, and I'm 40 now, yeah. sometimes think, oh, I forgot something. I right. think I need to put my braces yeah. back on. Yeah. Is that something similar? <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think it's, it's a testament to how, how habitual we can become and how those habits mm -hmm. can become so ingrained in the body that the body is telling you that you need something right and so rewriting that script from the body with the body um is is going to be huge 
yeah, because it is, it's, it's a very strange sensation to be like, oh, I have to do this thing. And, but, oh yeah, like that was, that's in the past, but it feels like it's in the present. Mm -hmm. Right. And I think if you don't have an understanding of exactly like what's going on with that, it can feel scary. Like I, it was a scary sensation for me. Like, why is my body telling me that I have to put this thing on that I really didn't enjoy wearing, you know? Um, But yeah, again, it's like the body really knows how to advocate for itself when we listen, when we make the space for it to speak. And it's only wanting to discharge that energy and to have some help in rewriting a different story uh, and setting a new habit and creating more freedom for yourself and what your options are. Mm. Yes, absolutely. Could you speak a little bit more about this kind of this link between um and i think i did write it down what you said there's a link between our emotions and our physical expressions yeah would you mind kind of talking about this a little bit more yeah so you know our emotions happen in the body right they're felt things that happen in the body and a lot of times because we don't always let ourselves feel our emotions and process all the way through them those emotions can get stuck that energy can get stuck in our system and then where it gets stuck it's sort of how the body moves how it holds itself how it functions how cells regenerate like it it shifts us on a biological chemical level um and it's really i think it's a very individualized experience how all of those things connect for you is going to be really different than how it connects for me. Um, But there is a connection, right? Like Mm -hmm. we all have that connection. And I think culturally, we are not always taught that our mind, soul are working together, that, you know, these things are separate, our body is separate than our thoughts, our thoughts are separate than our feelings. And And these things are actually interwoven and working together in really magical ways that sort of create how we know who we are, we experience who we are, and also how we experience the world, how we know the world, how we take the world in, how we show up in the world. Like it's, it's, it's mirroring that too. Mm. Um, And then the Hakomi method, I know you had some questions that I think is one of the, it's one of the best ways that I found for people to have an opportunity of really understanding just how interconnected all of these different parts of ourselves are and how actually are a unit, a whole unit that our mind, our thoughts, our feelings, our memories, our sensations, our, our, all of these things are working together and, and come alive through us, you know? Um, and then in the Hakomi method, you get the chance to sort of witness where those beliefs, where those feelings sort of get stuck and become limiting for you. Um, and you get the opportunity to heal some of that and open up to different possibilities and experience greater freedom in your life for who you are and how you experience yourself, which I just think is the point, right? Like, 
We want to be able to transcend our limitations and feel good about ourselves and be in the world in the way that we want to. So is it a, is it a type of, uh, is it a movement therapy? Is it psychotherapy? What, what, how would you kind of describe it? Yeah, so it's the easiest way is to say a mindfulness-centered, body-based psychotherapy healing modality. <laughs> okay, the easiest way. Of, okay, say that again. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a mindfulness-centered, body-based, or somatic, right? Somatic means body-based um, yeah. healing modality. So it's it's, it's healing body and mind, basically. Yes. Yeah. But it's, you, you know, can involve movement um, and learning how to, you know, like, because the, the body is speaking. So you're learning the language of the body through this modality. You're learning how your body is speaking to you. And like lots of times in a Hakomi session, clients will make a certain movement or they'll do something and you'll slow that movement down. Like what, what's actually present for you in that movement? What's that movement telling you? And you'll watch as like all these different memories, these different emotions, these different sensations, all this stuff comes with it. There's so much emotional or let's just say information present in, in everything that's happening in your body. And when you slow it down and you bring some mindfulness to it, you can sort of see how everything is like really connected. And it's just, I just think it's just the coolest. I think it's the coolest thing. Mm. I love it. I love it. It just the body is so awesome. Yeah, it's yeah, it's amazing. So it's uh, probably about a year ago I came across Peter Levine's work yes, and with yes. trauma, and mm -hmm. it sounds very similar in a way yeah. to yeah. to yeah. To so yeah, he does a somatic experiencing work, and that's all trauma release work. And Hakomi is very similar to that but it's not designed for trauma release work specifically mm -hmm. because when your body's in a trauma state mindfulness isn't actually available to you so um so yeah it's a little different um but i think there's so many crossovers and i've done a lot of somatic healing work experiencing healing work myself um and obviously i've received chakomi sessions and i think that the they they complement each other and blend together. And sometimes there's not a, a clear delineation between the two for me, but um, don't, don't quote me on that. <laughs> <laughs> Good. I'm just looking here through the chat and you've, you've all been, you're all very active today, which is amazing. Um, so is it I'm Imi? I'm well, I'm Jane or I'm Jane. I don't know. <laughs> You're always making it difficult with your YouTube names. <laughs> okay, didn't know about my scoliosis until age 17, 18, and now I'm 22. Um, so that's actually quite a late um, diagnosis, isn't it? I have a lumbar curve, which isn't that visible with clothing. Was told to never do ab crunches. I'm happily lifting at the gym now, though. Awesome. Good. So... Um, Yes, and advice, you know, you know, obviously you you do follow your doctor's advice. Um, I'm all for that, but I think at some point as well, you do need to the best advice I have ever gotten for my uh, body for my scoliosis was you need to take responsibility for it. 
and mm -hmm. I did not want to hear it. I did not like that advice. Um, but nobody is ever going to be as interested in your body and soul and mind as you are. Yeah. So, you know, I, I'm, I really think to get as much information as possible is really, is really yeah. key. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And to the more responsibility for your body you take, the freer you are and how you get to be with it. So that's, that's what is at stake, right? I think. Yes. Yes, mm -hmm. exactly. Good. So Johanna uh, is saying thank you for this. Uh, this makes me realize I really would like to reach out to more people who've, who've gone going through this. I think community is very important. Yes. Yeah. It's been 10 years since I had my brace. Yes, and maybe we can we can talk about this as well. So it's been 10 years since Johanna has had your brace. How, how many years has it been for you? Okay, so I'm 32 now, and I stopped wearing it. The hard brace, I think, is the one that really left its mark on me. Right. It left marks. Like, I've got little, little scars right here. Um, so I stopped wearing that one when I was, like, 15 or 16, so however many years that is half my life <laughs> yeah so so how um especially for those of us who who didn't wear a brace um how would you say how does it how does it affect you now i mean i know that you've done a lot of that inner work obviously mm -hmm. but um yes does it kind of go does it fade out at some point how is it when you're you mean like in terms of how i feel about my emotionally body? yes yeah. yes yeah. yeah um i so for me it was the recognizing that this wearing the brace or having scoliosis and feeling like a problem sort of infused every part of my life and so it was it showed up in in career choices and relationships and in everything. And so uh, learning how to recognize those sort of limiting beliefs or patterns or, um, in my in my life is is what I'm looking for now. And I'm I sometimes still see it coming directly related to scoliosis, but it's more so like with my own self-worth is where it shows up a lot, how I trust my body, how I disconnect or connect to my body, um, how I how I listen to what it's telling me about relationships or work or or what I need to eat, you know, that could be as simple as that. Um, and so it's it's really become a much bigger a bigger thing for me um, of just seeing like, how do these things show up in my life in every aspect of my life? So in, a, in answer to that question, then yes, like it, it's, it's always there. It's always mm -hmm. giving me some sort of feedback. Um, and that's where I think it's actually a really powerful tool because um, then you can sort of work with it as, as a, as a tool for understanding where you're at with anything. Um, if that makes any sense. Mm. So, um, yeah, but also 
yeah, there are definitely moments like if I do lift weights and I can feel my back a little bit differently and I'm like, oh gosh, like, should I be worried or should I really be doing this or things like that definitely show up. Um, and I think that having the tools that I have now allow these different questions that I have or the different ways that I show up to my life, um, it makes it easier to maneuver it without it becoming a problem, you know, without the emotion of pain or embarrassment or shame becoming something that stops me. It just becomes something that I recognize and then work with, move through. And in that way, it life just becomes easier. <laughs> mm. yeah. Yes, absolutely. And I'm, I'm a, I'm a firm believer in, um, uh, psychotherapy as well you know I think mm. it, it's it's really um, and it's definitely it's 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 helped me a lot to just you know work through things that that come up and that's what I wanted to ask you about do you see any patterns in and you're you're working with others now obviously that have scoliosis um, or maybe have been wearing a brace or, or um, something like that do you see any patterns like things that kind of come up very often that you see like oh this is uh, where you think oh so typical scoliosis <laughs> yeah well for me I think you know uh this is I love this question because this is really what I think about a lot of times um and I think it's cool to think about it too in terms of the energy systems that the spine aligns with, right? So in yoga and the chakras and everything, you have these different energies and expression and feeling free to express ourselves in a certain way, I think is, um, is something that people with scoliosis work with a lot because the spine is literally this central energy channel that is supporting how we express ourselves, how we show up in the world. Sometimes that can be, collapsed or doesn't always feel accessible to us or as easy as you might like it to be. Um, a lot of core stuff with trusting yourself, having confidence, how you see yourself, how you experience your power in the world with yourself. Um, that's something that is, I think a lot of us can relate to feeling safe in our bodies, um, feeling betrayed by our bodies. These things are huge. Um, And then, you know, this, especially for that have worn a brace or are wearing a brace, the sensation of feeling stuck, feeling immobile, um, emotionally, mentally, and physically, I think that, that that's a big one. Um, that's a big one. And it's one that I know that I, I still find these places where I'm like, I think I'm stuck, but I'm not, <laughs> right? Mm -hmm. But it's like having to recognize where those sticky places are and how to, how to let myself be a different way. Mm. Um, but yeah, I think those are some, some big ones. Yeah. Amazing. Thank you. Mm -hmm. um, sorry. I'm just going back to the, to the chat here. Uh, so great to hear this couldn't live without yoga and the ability to release the tensions that build up. It's, Great to feel a sense of control of our body when scoliosis isn't something we can control. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's why, um, well, that's also why, that's why you do what you do. That's what I do, why I do what I do, because we uh, believe in um, 
empowering people, right? And giving them the tools that they can yeah. feel in control yeah. and that they can help themselves rather than, you know, other people yeah. fixing Absolutely. it for you. Um, so Johanna is also saying that's so true about the feeling of control. And like Caitlin said, the body is so powerful. Yoga is a way to release tension physically, but also emotions in that stored in the body. Mm -hmm. Yes. And then Tatiana is, is asking, so no crunches for scoliosis. <laughs> <laughs> that was somebody else's, uh, what they have been told, wasn't it? I think, you know, that's gonna, always going to depend on the very individual case by case, um, what exactly is, is, is going on. And, you know, we don't know, she might've been, um, she might've had a fused spine or, you know, some, something's going on, obviously. Um, why they told her this. Oh, it's Imogen. Sorry. <laughs> I, I'm Jane. <laughs> I get it now. <laughs> okay. So appreciative of YouTube accounts like yours to learn from. Oh, thank you so much. <laughs> Good. And I know we've got someone else who said they wore a hard type of brace. Definitely made its marks on me in many ways. So many things resonate with me. What Caitlin says, grateful for your chat. Nice to listen to it. Thank you. Oh, thank um, you. Thanks for your comments as well. So Caitlin, how um, how do you help? So obviously we know you did the uh, Hakomi therapy. How do you work with, with people now? And is there a specific age group or um, who? Yeah. What do yeah. you do exactly and who do you do it for? <laughs> Yeah, so I've developed a program for teenagers, 12 and up, and their parents, okay. because the parents also could use a lot of support in navigating all of this. Um, yeah, working with them, supporting them, because I think having that support while you're going through it is critical, so valuable, and teaching teens how to be in their agency, connect to their agency, connect to their worth, connect to their body, um, how to process their feelings, hold space for their feelings, have someone to talk to, to be heard, to be listened to, to be held in a container where they are able to see themselves and experience themselves as a whole being. Um, this is a lot of what I do with them, with parents. It's about like, how do you process your own feelings? How do you communicate with your child in a way that allows you to connect with them instead of also trying to fix them. Um, and I know that it's so, it's such a, such a really tender space because parents want the best for their kids. Um, and so, but there's like so much guilt and self blame mm -hmm. and criticism on the parents part too. And so like being able to process that is going to help them for their children even more in the way that their kids need it. Um, and then something that I'm working on more because I do think that being in this space of getting out of the brace and being a young adult or being an adult of any age and recognizing how these experiences, if you didn't have that support or if you did impacted you and are still continuing to shape your life, um, how do you navigate the world through that? And so I'm working on developing uh, more of a program for that's specifically targeted to 
adults um, mm-hmm. that are in that space, because I think that the possibilities of transformation and self-awareness and knowledge and and freedom um, are so huge in that space. And I get really excited about that because mm. that's really what I, I wish I had the support when I was a teenager in that way. And I wish that I had someone who was just like, here you go. Like, you want to figure this out? Like, these are the tools you need and have fun with it. Like, this is a, this is a really exciting journey that you can choose to go on. Um, and here it is. So mm, amazing. Yes. Yeah. And I think it's so, um, it's so important to, to pass on this, this knowledge, right? And, and this all of us, like every single did, one of I you listening, you know you something that, that and somebody review, else would really, really benefit from hearing about. If you have um, any questions, you know, you, you've lived something, you've experienced something, and somebody else could really, really use your help and really, you know, would really appreciate what you've got to share, what you've got to offer, if you know it or not. Um, And even if you are 10 and you're listening to this right now, um, and I sometimes, uh, well, my daughter is is eight actually. And, uh, you know, I'm sometimes amazed at that, the wisdom (laughs) that Mm -hmm. she's got already. And, you know, there's always something that you can, that you can share. Yeah. So Denise is saying, I'm a grandmother living with scoliosis since age 14 when I wore Milwaukee brace for one and a half years. Yoga has been my savior throughout my life. Caitlin has been a remarkable source for me. Oh, Thanks, Denise. Lovely, great testimonial here. <laughs> Good. So, Caitlin, thank you so much. How can people get in touch with you? What's the best way? Yeah. So, my website, CaitlinCarlson.com. Um, I'm also on Instagram at CaitlinCarlson. You can email me, uh, hello at CaitlinCarlson.com. Um, yeah, these are these are the these are the ways. These are the ways. Yeah. Yes, excellent. <laughs> I, and I did link to your website as well in the in the description. And um, yes, awesome. Join Thanks. us all on on Instagram as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'd love to chat with everybody here. <laughs> Lovely. Thank you so much, Caitlin. Thank you Thank so you. much for your Thank time you. today. Awesome. Yeah. And thanks to everyone tuning in. Yes, absolutely. Thank you for all your amazing co- comments. I did say to Caitlin, oh, I'm not sure if there will be a lot, but actually <laughs> you've all been amazing. So thank you guys. And next week we'll be talking about Pilates. So hope you can tune in for that. Bye everyone. Awesome.